Recording in progress. Okay, so up to the top of the Afyud Bezim Dalif, the Gemara, uh, the first, I don't know, 10, 15 lines is, is basically repeating what we had in previous Daf, and that is the Gemara is asking the following question. The Gemara is trying to figure out if you have a, um, a Masagur Shasai, which means a man uh, divorces a wife, she marries someone else, then gets divorced, and he remarries her, the first husband remarries her, which is Usr. The question we had is, does his co-wife, and then the man dies, so she, you can't do Yibum, only Chalitza. The question is, what about the co-wife? Does the co-wife only get Chalitza as well? So, the Gemara says, I'm related to Nisua, so let's bring a Raya. This is all Ikadamri. so this, we had Mamish yesterday, so I'm going to do this first part fairly quickly. Tenisua, the Brisa says, the Brisa says the following cryptic line, If you have a man that has two women that fall to him to do Yibum, one is Kosher, and one is Posel. Yeah, now we don't know what kosher and what posel is, but one's a kosher and one's a posel wife. If you're going to do chalitza, do chalitza on the posel one. If you're going to do even do even on the kosher one. Now the question is, what does it mean kosher and posel? What does it mean kosher and posel? If it means kosher, it means kosher lekuhuna. Meaning these are two women. No iser was done. But one happens to be a divorcee, so she's possible kahuna. And one happens to be kosher lakuna, because she's just a widow. So one's a divorcee and a widow, one's a widow. And what the Bryce is telling you is very simple that if you're going to do chalitza, do chalitza on the divorcee. The Gemara says, but But what do I care? If I'm not a Kayan, I'm the one doing Yibim or chalitza, I should be able to choose. Why should I Why should I have to give chalitza to one? It should be all the same. So it says the Gemara, rather, the Pshad is, it must be, So the Gemara says, what does it must be? So it must be the kosher and puzzle is not referring to women who are kosher lakuna or puzzle lakuna. Rather, kosher means that you're allowed to do yibam on this woman. Puzzle is talking about a masagrushasai. So puzzle means that means that there are two women fall to you. One is a kosher person. One's a regular woman that you could do Yibam. And one's a puzzle woman, what does it mean? It means that the first husband was a Masa Grushasa. The first husband remarried her Be'iser. And it's saying you could only do Chalitza, which understood. But what do you see? The co-wife, who's the kosher one, you could do Yibam. So this answers our question that we asked. Could you do Yibam on a co-wife of a Masa Grushasa? The answer is yes. We had this yesterday. So the Gemara then rejects. The Gemara says, Loi. Ksher la'am alma. Really, no. The Bryce is not referring to a Masagrushasa at all. Rather, kosher and posel are referring to whether they're kosher le kahuna, whether they're kosher to Marikehanim, and posel to Marikehanim, like we originally thought. Utekamrit, and if you say, and if you're going to say, then what's the Bryce telling me? That if I'm going to do chalitza on one of them, I should do chalitza to the one that's posel le kahuna, and if you'll say, my nafkim and I should be able to do whatever I want. Why are you telling me what to do? It's like Rabbi Yosef says that if someone needs water, don't spill it out. Meaning, one of these women, really, it's talking about kashal pasal kahuna. And if you'll say, then why should, and it has nothing to do with our discussion of Masagushas. And if you'll say, then if that's the case, then why should I do chalitza on the one that's pasal kahuna? I should be able to do whatever I want. The answer is, the one that's pasal kahuna is already pasal kahuna. Any woman that you do chalitza to becomes pasal kahuna. Therefore, the Bryce is telling you just very simple. It's menshlech. You have these two women. One's a grusha, one's a divorcee and a widow. She's already pasal kahuna. The other one's just a widow. You're going to do chalitza on one of them. Don't do chalitza on the one that's kashal kahuna because you're going to render her pasal kahuna. Rather, do chalitza, do chalitza on the one that's a grusha already. But it has nothing to do with our discussion.
The Gemara continues, one more proof. Again, we have this yesterday. <coughs> the Brisa says that if you remarry a woman and then the man dies, you do chalitza to both her and her co-wife. Now, the instant problem is you don't have to do chalitza to both. Rather, it must be you do chalitza to her or to her co-wife. Meaning, you do chalitza to either. What do you see? You see that neither you could do yibum. You can't do yibum to either of them. Oh, so you see that the the co-wife of Hamas Grushasai, there's no yibum for such a woman, just chalitza. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a good proof. We already answered this. Meaning, we already had to amend the text of the Brisa by changing it to doing chalitza to her or her co-wife. Once you're willing... Therefore, to amend the brisa, amend it further to not have a proof. Rather, Tartsachi amended this way: He says you do chalitza to the woman who was married beiser. Tzarasa her co-wife The co-wife you either do chalitza or yibum. Okay, fine. New discussion. Now, Mion, just to get some points clear before we start. Mion is if one if a, a woman is married. By her, by her mother or siblings, married off under the age of bat mitzvah, it's a rabbinic marriage, and therefore she has the right to annul the marriage before she's thir- twelve years old. She could say, "I'm not interested," and when she does that, the marriage is annulled and void retroactively. That's mian. So the Gemara says, "Amar Rav, Amar Mar Ukva, Amar Shmuel, Tsaras Memanis." If you have two women that fall to Yibam, one is an adult woman who had a biblical marriage, the other one is an 11-year-old girl whose marriage was rabbinic, and she wants to do Mian to the, to the Yavam, right? She's supposed to do Yibam, and the, the rabbi said, do you want to do Yibam? And she says, no, I'd rather do Mian, I want to annul the marriage retroactively. The halacha is her co-wife does not do Yibam. Her co-wife is Aser. Okay. So again, you have two, two women. One's 11, one's 15, one's 25. The 25-year-old is biblically married. The 11-year-old is only rabbinic. The husband dies. So if the 11-year-old says to the Yavam, Yavam is Reuven, there's, let's say, three brothers. So she says to Reuven, who was supposed to do Yavam, I'm not interested, I'm out. The halacha is, the co-wives are also us. The co-wives also can't do Yavam to anyone. They have to do chalitza. So the Gemara wants to know, who are the co-wives us to? Laman, who are these co-wives us to? Ilay mala'achim. If it's to the other brothers, hashdehi gufa sharia, damer shmuel miyena bezem muteres bezet sarasa miboy. Here's the thing. The question is, what's the problem? What's the issue with with having the co-wife do yibum? What's the problem? When a woman does miyun, what she's doing is she's nullifying the marriage retroactively. So it's as if she was never in the picture. So what does that have to do with her co-wife? Why can't the co-wife do yibum? So the gemara says like this. Well. Who 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 can who can they not do yibum to? If it's the other brothers, let's say there's three brothers. There's the one who's going to do yibum, and that's the one that the lady uh, did me into. She refused. Let's say that's Reuben, right? So if it, it, so, I understand the Gemara says like this. Let's go with that girl. Let's say the girl who did me in, right? Can she marry any of the brothers? So technically, I would say yes. Why? Because she 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 retroactively nullified her marriage. So she was never really married to the brother. So she's not their sister-in-law ever. The halacha is that so we don't allow her 
to marry the one who she refused. Let's say again, she was supposed to do Yibam to Ruvain, and then she refused. The halacha is, she's not allowed to marry Ruvain later on in life. Why? Even though she was never related to him, retroactively the marriage was nullified. The reason is because people will think that Mion is like a form of Chalitza, like they're going to think that like, oh, because she did Mion, she didn't sever her marriage retroactively, she just, you know, canceled the Yibam but she's still their sister-in-law, and if she future marries him, it's a bad optic. But she's allowed to marry the other brothers, because she never did me into the other brothers, so therefore there's no bad optic for the other brothers. So the halacha is like this. The co-wife of the woman who did Mi'un is not allowed to marry is not allowed to marry the brothers. Which brothers? If it's the other brothers, if the woman who could do Mi'un, the woman who refused can marry the other brothers, why can't the co-wives marry the other brothers? So the Gemara says... Rather, it must be that when it says that the co-wives cannot do yibam, it means to the woman, to the person Ruvain that she refused. But here's the problem: Here's the kasha. What's the issue with the co-wife? Okay, and this woman nullifies her marriage retroactively. Okay. So then, because of this, the co-wife can't do, can't marry that person. Why? What do the co? What does that do with the co-wife? She nullified her marriage retroactively. So what does that do with the co-wife? Why can't she do yibum to anyone she wants? So the Gemara says, Gezeira mishum tsaras bitai mimaenes. You want to know why? In this case, you have these two women. You have the eleven-year-old and you have the twenty-five-year-old. Rachel le. Rachel retroactively nullifies her marriage. So Leah can't marry the guy. Can't do Yibam on the original brother, Reuben, that they were going to do. She can't. Why? What does she do? The answer is nothing. But it's a gzera of the following scenario. What happens if instead of Rachel and Leah, right, the 11-year-old and the 25-year-old, instead of Rachel and Leah being unrelated, what if Rachel and Leah is the following situation? What if it's the first case in the Mishnah with daughter? Meaning, um, a man married his niece who happens to be 11, and a different woman, and the man dies. So they fall to, to the 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 sec, the brother. The brother happens to be so you have the adult woman, twenty five, is a sister in law. The eleven year old is a sister in law and his daughter. So what's the halacha? You don't do even to either. What happens? And the gemara is saying like this: We're afraid if we allow the co wife, in this first case, to marry after me and to marry the original brother, then people might end up doing this. What if in this case the daughter retroactively severs her marriage? So the halach is, as we're going to see in a moment, if the daughter retroactively severed her marriage after she's supposed to do yibam, even though by her severing her marriage, the co-wife, then she was never in the picture. So the co-wife should be able to, 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 marry, to marry the brother. The halach is that when one of them is the daughter, we don't allow it. Because it looks like, it looks like, you know, the, the, the daughter was already in the picture. So because it looks like the, the daughter was already in the picture, and then the co-wife of the daughter, we don't allow it to yibam. So because of that, we're going to answer any case where one wife does miyun, because if we allow this, because they're going to say, well, retroactively, she was never in the picture, if we allow that, then we might allow the situation of a daughter um, in the daughter doing miyun, which is also not allowed rabbinically. So basically, because the case of the daughter, we just answer every scenario where the wife did miyun that the co-wives cannot do yibum. They only do chalitza. So the Gemara says, The reason why we don't allow it is because it's too similar to the case of tsaras bita
the tsara of a daughter who does mian. The Gemara says, Tsar bita manis mi yesir. Wait a minute. You're telling me that it's a gezeira because you might come to allow the scenario where the co-wife of the daughter who did mian. But if the daughter does mian, doesn't that make everything okay because she retroactively removed herself from the marriage? Vatanan. But doesn't it say in the mission of Akula de Meso Aminu Tsarasain Mutarais? Doesn't it say that if the daughter does mian, then you're allowed to marry the co-wife? Because by her doing mian, she pulls herself out of the race and in which case they were never the co-wife of an erva. So the Gemara says, Demian man, ilema demian babal hainu grusha. And when did the daughter do mian? So the daughter did mian, pashtus, if the, she did mian when she was married to the husband before the husband died, then that's just a divorce. And, and the, the Mishnah already mentioned divorce. Rather, it must be that after the husband died, before she did yibam, the daughter goes over to her father, who's also her goes over to her father, who's also the prospective Yavam, and says, listen, I'm just going to do Mian. And you see that that allows the co-wife to marry. So what's what's going on over here? So the Gemara says, Really, no. Once the husband dies, if the daughter does Mian, the co-wife can no longer marry the Yavam. She has to do Chalitza. Why? So the Gemara says, but wait a minute, why should that be? If the if the daughter does Mion, she should retroactively remove her marriage. So if that's the case, then why can't the husband, why can't why can't the co-wife do 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 Yibam? So the Gemara says because the t- following teaching of Rabbi Bar Yechezkel, Rabbi Bar Yechezkel says like this, if a woman, stand, forget about Yibam, stop, a woman does Mian, she's 11 years old, she does Mian, right? she retroactively severs her marriage, she could then marry her previous father-in-law, she could marry her ex-husband's father, Ayas her father-in-law, the answer is because she retroactively severed her marriage, but, Biyavam but if she does Mian when she's supposed to do Yibam, she cannot marry the Yavam's father. It's the exact identical case. What's the difference? The reason is because once the husband dies and she falls to Yibam, people already think that they're engaged and they think the Mian doesn't fully sever it. And therefore, if she marries that person's father, it's going to look bad. It's optically not good. So just to review, because that was a lot of things that were thrown our way. Just to review, the halacha is that if you have a daughter and a co-wife that are falling to the daughter's father to do yibum, if the at that point the daughter does miyun, the halacha is the co-wife cannot do yibum. Why? Because when you do miyun at that point, it looks like you're already married. It looks like the, that the co-wife is considered the co-wife of Venerva, and it's a bad optic. Because of this, they do not allow any co-wife of someone doing miyun to, to, to do yibum, because if we allow... In that scenario, that will also come to allow in the case of a co of a daughter who's Mian, which Chazal were not happy with. Okay. Woo. Amr Asi. Okay. Topic number two. Topic number two. Amr Asi. Tsaras Islandis Asura. Tsaras Islandis Asura. What does that mean? An islandess is a woman who can no longer have, who, who was never able to have children. And the halacha is that there's no yibam on this woman because you can't rebuild from her. So if 
when the husband dies, they find out that there's two wives. One of them is an islandess. Then not only do you not do yim on her or chalitz on her, the truth is her co-wives are also exempt. That's a tsaris islandess. Um, Asura, the co-wife of an islandess does not do yim shenemar as the pasuk says. Because the Pasuk describes the purpose of Yibam is in order to rebuild, and she can't rebuild. So therefore she's treated as an erva, and just like any erva, she exempts her co-wife. Now this is an interesting scenario, because this is the first case that we had where she became an erva, like an islandist became an erva, because of Yibam. Meaning, could you marry an islandist? Technically, yes. But when she falls to Yibam, all of a sudden she becomes disqualified because the whole point of even for is for her to have children she can't have children so it's like the first case it's like she's treated like a daughter except that a daughter is always a daughter she's the first it's the first time where she's treated where she becomes like an erva but because of yibam so the gemara points this out the gemara says masiv rav sheshis you're telling me that the co-wife of an island is does not do yibam masiv rav sheshis has the following question what this means is like this. You have three brothers married to three women, not related. One of them dies, so Reuven, Shimon, and Levi are married to Rachel, Leah, and Bila. Reuven's married to Rachel, then Reuven dies. So Rachel now is supposed to fall to Yibam to one of the brothers. So Rachel goes to Shimon. And he, she says, let's do Yibam. The halacha is that before you do Yibam, rabbinically, you're supposed to hand her a ring and say, Harei Mekodesh that's called Maimer. Shimon does that. So now, instead of doing Yibam to her before that, he basically gets engaged to her, which is perfectly fine, that's what he's supposed to do, but then Shimon dies. So now, now, Rachel falls to the last brother. So now, Rachel is, Rachel needs Yibam to be done to her twice. First of all, because of Reuven, and then because she was also engaged to Shimon. So basically, this woman, it, you're like you have to rebuild Reuven and Shimon through this woman. So the halacha is You do not do yibam on Rachel or on the co-wives. You just do chalitza. Why? Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says you should rebuild one husband. But over here, this woman, you'd be rebuilding two husbands, two brothers, and therefore it's the Torah says not to do it. Oh, and the Bryce says about this scenario, the Brisa says that this is a very unique situation with this woman becomes disqualified to Yibam because she fell to Yibam. Meaning, before she felt Rachel was never an erva to any of the brothers. She only became an erva because of Yibam, because Reuben died, and then she got engaged to Shimon, and then Shimon died because of Yibam, she became disqualified, and it's the only time. The implication is, this is the only time, the exclusion of what? To the exclusion of the co-wife of an islandess. You see, the co-wife of an islandess is also unique, that you're the co-wife of an erva, that she's only an erva because of Yibam. An islandess is not someone who's inherently an erva, but she's only an erva because of Yibam. So the Gemara says, this is a scenario where the, you're the co-wife, and you're disqualified because of Yibam. The implication is, it's Davka this case, as opposed to the case of an islandess. So the Gemara wants to bring a proof that the case of a co-wife of an islandess is not exempt. So the Gemara says, This is coming to the exclusion of what? My love, the mute tsaris islandess. Is this not coming to the exclusion of the co-wife of an islandess, the Sharia? 
that you should do Yibam to the call of an islandist? Meaning, we say the call wife of an islandist is exempt, but the Brisa says this scenario where she's she has to do Yibam, you have to do Yibam through Rachel to rebuild Shimon and Le- Reuben and Shimon. The Gemara says that's unique. The implication is the Tsar's islandist is different. So the Gemara says, Loi. Loi, no. The answer is no. Really, the call of an islandist is also exempt. I this says this is unique, as opposed to the call of an islandist. The answer is it is unique. Why? In the case of Reuben, Shimon, and Levi having the three women, and and Reuben died, and then Rachel fell to Shimon, and then got engaged to Shimon, and then died. So you don't do Yibam. What do you do on the on the on the on the co-wife? You do chalitza. The co-wife of an islandist, not only do you not do Yibam, you don't do Chalitza either. So the co-wife of an islandist is even more severe, that it's completely exempt. So this is unique, that it became an erva through Yibam, but you still do Chalitza. The case of the co-wife of an islandist, you're completely exempt, both Yibam and Chalitza. My time, what's the reason? My time, Haderaisa, Haderabonah. The reason is because one's Deraisa and one is Derabonah. Meaning, the co-wife of an islandist is, is biblically exempt. But the co-wife of the case with Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, that's only rabbinic, and therefore the co-wife does chalitza. Tanan, here's the shaila. the co-wife of an islandist, we're saying, is exempt entirely. But wait a minute, doesn't the Mishnah say that if, let's say the case with the daughter, right? That there's two women falling to, to do yibam, one is the daughter, of the Yavam and one's a co-wife. The halach is, they're both exempt. But if the if the daughter was an islandist, so retroactively her marriage was null and void, then you do Yibam on the co-wife. So we're saying the co-wife of an islandist is completely exempt. Doesn't the Mishnah say the co-wife of an islandist has to do Yibam? The Gemara says, It says that if they found to be an islandist, the co-wife does Yibam. So we're saying the co-wife of an islandist is exempt, but doesn't the co-wife of an islandist do Yibam? So the Gemara says, like Kasha, Kasha Hikarba, you know what the answer is? The answer is, did the husband know that she was an islandist? Meaning, if the husband knew that she was an islandist and married her, that was a valid marriage because he chose, he knew what he was doing. It's not a mekachtos, it's not a, you know, it's not, you know, um, f- you know, uh, false goods, whatever. He knew what he was doing and he married her. That's a valid marriage. So not only do you not do yibam on her, but she exempts her co-wife. The Mishnah which says that the co-wife of an islandist, you do yibam, is specifically a scenario where you did not know that the co-wife, you did not know that she was an islandist. You found out she was an islandist after the husband died. Then, retroactively, the husband didn't know about it. So, retroactively, the entire marriage was null and void. So, is the co-wife of an islandist exempt or not? The answer is it depends. If the husband knew that she was an islandist and still chose to marry her, the valid marriage, she's exempt, co-wife's also exempt. But if the husband did not know, then it's a mekachtos, and she was never a wife, in which case the co-wife does do yibam because the islandess is removed from the picture. That also makes sense in the Lashen. The Bryce's Lashen is Shenimtsu, meaning that you found out she's an islandess. The implication is that's Dafka the reason that you do yibam on the co-wife because the islandess was found out to be an islandess. But if you knew that she was an islandess the whole time, then it's a valid marriage. She's exempt from yibam. Because you can't rebuild from her, and her co-wife is also exempt. Shmamina. Amirav, go to the next page. Hilchasa, what's the halacha? Tsaris islandis, muteris. The co-wife of an islandis, you do yibam. Afilu hikerba, even if he knew about it. Afilu tsaris bidai. That's the halacha. Yeah. Okay.
And when the Mishnah says Shenimtu Island, it means Shahayu, it's, it's Lavdafka. He also, Ravanam Rav Yechonon, he concludes our discussion with Achas Saras Mimaenes, whether it's the co wife of a woman who did Mion, a young girl, Vachas Saras Islandess, and whether it's the co wife of an Islandess, Vachas Saras Masagrushaso, and whether it's the co wife of a woman who was remarried Beser, Kulan Mutaros, you do Yiman, all of them, that's the Halach. Okay, from here into the uh, into the Ahmed, we're gonna have the following discussion. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. The Gemara is describing the following situation. Recording in progress. So the Gemara is going to talk about the following situation. This is obviously a very big sugi. It's going to introduce us uh, agavdik to the sugi of birth control. In general, birth control is a problem, halachically, because it causes the seed of the husband to be destroyed. The halacha is like this. The Mishnah said, when the Mishnah was listing all the 15 Arayas, the 15 women that not only do you not do Yibam, but exempt their co-wives, the Mishnah said that if any of them turn out to be an islandess, right, then you do marry the co-wife. Or if any of them do Mion. So let's say you have the daughter and the co-wife, and the daughter does me and, and undoes her marriage, then the co-wife does Yibam, because the daughter, by doing me and removed herself from the proceedings. But then the Mishnah said, you can never have Mion on a mother-in-law. Meaning one of the Arais is a mother-in-law, that's a woman who gave birth already, you can never have Mion on a mother-in-law. Why? Because Mion is only done until the age of 12. And to be a mother-in-law, that means you gave birth. And to give birth, you have to be older than 12. That, that was the basic premise of the Mishnah. The Gemara is going to ask that premise. Can a can a young... Basically, from the Mishnah, it seems that no one under 12 can give birth. The Gemara is going to... Just going to try to figure out whether that's true. So, Tani Rav Bibi Kamei Rav Nachman. Sholish Noshim Mishmashros B'moich. The Brisa says that there are three women who could use birth control, halachically, because they're not allowed to get pregnant because it can cause pikuach nefesh. What are those? Kitana, a girl under the age of 12. Mu'uberes, a pregnant woman, Emenekes, and a woman who's nursing. Now, why are these three women? We, we want to make sure they don't become pregnant. Kitana, Shemetisaber. Kitana, a young girl, because Shemetisaber, maybe she'll become pregnant with Shemetamas and she may not survive. She, if, if a girl under the age of 11 becomes pregnant, she may not survive. So we don't want her to become pregnant, so she uses birth control. Muberes, a pregnant woman. Shemetasa Uberes, sandal. Because a pregnant woman, we're afraid that if she becomes pregnant, it might kill the first fetus. And Menekes, a woman who's nursing, we're afraid that if she becomes pregnant, she's going to stop producing milk and it'll kill the baby. Beizi Katana, what's a Katana that she's allowed to take birth control? Bas Yud Aleph Shan of Yemechot, Ad Yud Be Shan of Yemechot, from 11 to 12. Under 11, she's not going to become pregnant at all. Over 12, she'll be fine. The Chum Oimrin, the Chum say no. Even 11 to 12, you can become, you can, uh, you don't take birth control. Why? Because the likelihood of a girl between 11 and 12 becoming pregnant is very slim, and therefore we're not actually concerned. Hashem watches over the fools. What does it say about an 11 year old to 12 year old that we're afraid she'll become pregnant and maybe she'll die? The implication is she could actually give birth. It's dangerous, but it's possible. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. The lotion is that she might become pregnant and she might die. The implication is that there are some women who survive that age and actually give birth. So, meaning, 
it's possible to give birth under the age of bat mitzvah. So im kain matzinu So why does the Mishnah say that you can never have miyun on a mother-in-law? Why not? I'll tell you the following scenario. The Gemara says, "Im came at sin chamaisim anes utzanani yati yachol em bechamaisim im chamaisim im chamish and nimsu island is a sheminu." Why? Why? The Mishnah said that you can never have a mother-in-law, as being the case of the Mishnah for me. And why? Because me and has to be under twelve, and you can't be a mother-in-law under twelve. Why not? If she can become pregnant between eleven and twelve and survive, she gives birth. The father of this baby, a six-month-old baby, marries her off, which is biblically a marriage, and then the husband dies. So that, that then he dies. So now she the now now and she's one of the women and she's still under twelve. So now she falls to her son-in-law to do uh, yibum. It's possible. It's very outlandish, but it's possible. If you're telling me that, if you're saying that you cannot become pregnant and survive at that age, fine. But if you tell me that it's possible, then why can't that be the case in the Mishnah? The Gemara says, "Ema Shemitisaber Vitamus." Rather, you have to change the lashon. She might become pregnant and die. Meaning, we're changing it that under the age of twelve, you cannot survive. As Rabbi Levoy says, There's a line in the sand. Under the age of uh, under a certain age, you will not become pregnant at all. There's a certain age where you will become pregnant and you'll die. And there's an age where everything's okay. Meaning, under the age of eleven, you won't become pregnant. Eleven to twelve, if you become pregnant, you will die. Over twelve, you'll be fine. So that's why. So therefore, if the woman. The reason why you can't have a case of a mean by the mother-in-law is because a, a mean is only up to the age of 12, and up to the age of 12, you'll die if you give birth. Any is this true? Wait, but doesn't the Brahisa say the reason why you can't have mean by a mother-in-law is not because she'll die, but because once she gave birth, she has to be an adult already? Meaning, Shikvar Yoldu. The implication is that the main point is not. The age, the main point is that she already gave birth. Rashi says, Meaning, we're saying right now, the reason why you can't have me and as by a mother-in-law is because by the time you give birth, you're already 12, you're too old. But he's saying, no, it's because you already gave birth. So it's not exactly the same. So the Gemara says, you know what the answer is? You know what the answer is? Yutaka could give birth below the age of 12. I said, why can't you have me and by a mother-in-law? The answer is, me and stops at one point, when you hit 12, or when you give birth. Meaning, if you have a child under the age of 12 that gives birth, she can't do me and anymore. Me and also makes her an adult. The Gemara says, Ista Amri, Bonim Adifim Yisimonim. And some say that children are, are, are greater than age. More than age, meaning the same way age stops you from being able to do me and not only does children stop you, but once you have a child, you're you're greater sign of adult than age. How, what does that mean? What does that mean that it's greater? What it means is, what's the age where a girl has to stop doing me and so when she's 12 because she's an adult? So according to most opinions, it's when she gets two pubic hairs. That's the halacha when she's an adult. Rabbi Yudas says it has to be that there's more than two. It has to be that it's very clear that she's hitting adulthood. Even Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that it has to be more than two hairs, has to be clear. But still, once you have children, you're an adult. Let's just finish up the daf. Go to the next page. Rav Zvid said, there's no such thing as children without age. Meaning, Rashi says, Meaning, Rav Zvid is saying like this. Rav Zvid is saying... What was his lashon? Ein bonim b'loy simonim. 
that there's no such thing as giving birth without showing signs of puberty. Meaning, since she gave birth, you could assume that she had signs. Um, meaning, Rav Zud is just saying that if you have signs below the age of 12, that's enough, and giving birth is like signs. So the Gemara just wants to know like this, Vinivduk, why can't you just check? Meaning, we're having a Shaila of whether... Yeah. One second. Um... Yeah, meaning, Rav Zvid is saying that if she gave birth, you could assume that she had hairs. Why? Why don't you just check? Have the doctor check to see if there are hairs. What do you have to... Oh, because she gave birth, Mistama. Why Mistama? Just check. So the Gemara says, Shem and Nishu were afraid that they that there were hairs, but they got they, they fell out. So, That only makes sense according to the opinion that we're concerned about signs of adulthood. But if you're not that they fell out, but if you're not concerned, then what's the, the what's the what's the etza? The answer is even if you're not generally concerned, but because the pain of childbirth, we're concerned that the hairs fell out, and therefore, if she gives birth, that's a sign of adulthood, even if there's no signs physically. All right, we'll stop here. Recording.